as a, a leader, your team can keep you going if you've told them the goal and if you've given them the vision that is so they can see it just as strongly as you can, then your team is, they're motivating you right back. I'm Brian Kramer. I believe that one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself is making smaller shifts. It's the small shifts in our lives that can create epic outcomes. Your journey to be more deeply connected into the life you truly deserve starts right now. Welcome to Humanly Possible, a podcast focused on small shifts that can make epic outcomes in our lives and at work. I'm so excited to introduce our guest, who's someone I've admired and am honored to have on the show. Her name is Kara Brookins. We'll talk about her like she's not here. I always, this is so, always so fun to introduce somebody and say their bio while they're actually listening. And then they're, and then we get to actually talk about them like that. But she is best known as the mom who built her own house using YouTube tutorials. Uh, she's a keynote speaker and the author of eight books, including Rise, How a House Built a Family, which tells the story of building her 3,500 square foot home with the help of her four children. Kara's story went viral in more than 75 countries and has been viewed more than 2 billion with the B times. Kara's programs inspire audiences everywhere to set and reach crazy big goals in, in, in especially myself. Um, I am so honored to have you here and to talk to you about what you've done, but also what you're doing and what's coming. So thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me. It's great to just see you and catch up again. So it, it's fantastic. It is. It is. And um, I'm going to jump right in. So let's, let's dive in and talk about something. And it, you know, it can be about anything in your life, but this is about small shifts. And, um, and obviously you've, you've done some shifts that weren't just small. They were, uh, small and medium and large shifts in your life. I'd love to know just to kick this off. What's one thing that felt small at the time, but it ended up being a big shift for you. Yeah, I'm so much about big changes and big shifts and making, you know, big goals, but absolutely there are some really tiny things or things that feel tiny at the time that explode. And, you know, for me, it was deciding to tell the story of building the house. And a lot of people think that was natural because I was a fiction writer. You know, I wrote books. Um, but not only was I never planning to tell the story or write a book about building a house, we didn't tell anybody we were doing it while we were doing it. It was something we were ashamed of. Uh, both the kids and I felt like, you know, we had gotten ourselves in such a low position, you know, financially, emotionally. Um, our, our lives had gotten so low that we didn't want anyone to know that that's how far we'd fallen. Our best option was to build our own house. I mean, that sounded horrible. So that idea of being vulnerable, vulnerable enough to share that. Yeah, I made some huge mistakes and they got me in this position. And here's this thing I tried to do to get us out of it. Oh, tough. wow. Does it feel vulnerable now talking about it? Um, you know, I, I hope, I hope it always will. You know, I hope I can always still touch that point and feel human enough to touch that vulnerability. But it more importantly is more than vulnerable. It's freeing. 
this idea that there's so many things about our human self that we hide and, you know, we try to protect. And then we're always wondering in the back of our mind when, you know, if this person knew this thing about me, would they still like me? Or, you know, would they realize I'm a terrible person and I've made terrible mistakes? And once you write a book like that or talk about something publicly, it's like, you know, it's all out there, take it or leave it. Like this is real me. So it's, it's more freeing than it is, you know, vulnerable in a damaging way. I love what you're talking about now, um, in, in the, the genre, or at least what I'm seeing in the unstuck and, um, and it speaks directly to, to me and what, what we're, what we're not just what we're going through, but also what individually we all get ourselves into. And when I think about and what I've read in your book and how, you, I mean, it's just like you, you, when you think about like brick by brick or just like one little thing at a time it, and how you get yourself to go one little piece at a time and one little moment, what got you to keep going? Yeah. You know, I, there are so many things that motivate us. Um, and I think that that's the, the most important thing is starting. Uh, you know, starting and committing to do it. But then, yeah, how do you keep going? How do you keep that motivation going? For me, it was this idea that I had to see the big picture. I had to have that big goal. You know, when the kids and I showed up out here and there's mud and we have to figure out how to build a foundation and we're knee deep in mud and it's freezing cold, uh, you know, that day, two dozen times during the day, we are talking about the finished house. We're not just talking about laying this brick. We're like, oh, I'm standing in the living room now and I'm going to take my lunch break of beef jerky and graham crackers sitting on the sofa, you know, in the spot where the sofa would someday be. So it's this constant reminder that, that you hold on to that finished goal because our brain doesn't like to, to lose things. And if we're stuck in the, the immediate time, then we're losing because, you know, the, this hurts and I'm losing energy. I'm losing time. There's all this, this is hard and all this stuff we feel like we're losing. But if we hold on to that big goal as the main thing in our head, then our brain holds on to that and doesn't want to lose that big goal. And it becomes the thing we take ownership of. So, you know, that was the the biggest thing. And then, of course, I've got my kids out here. I mean, you know, that's what I was fighting for. I was fighting for a better life for them. So, you know, I think you have to have that that goal that you set, but you also have to have, you know, something around you, whether it's improving your own life or your kids' lives or your your employees' lives, you know, that that close right up, I can look them in the eye reason I'm doing this. Mm. It's the vision and, and keeping that vision and holding that vision while carrying, carrying the vision and then helping them to see the vision and keeping them coming forward. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. And just holding that, that there's so much in that, uh, that every company and every person and every team and every, every, everybody who's facing a challenge can, can learn from that, that we have to, but first things first is you have to have the vision. You have to see what that, that end result looks like so that you know how to lead and who to lead to carry that forward. And in the middle of all that, there's mud and there's grit and there's stuff and it's going to happen. And in that grit and mud, and I'm sure that happened for you, even as a leader of your 
children. Um, how did you pull yourself through that? Oh, of course, that was the hardest part because it, you feel very alone if you, as a leader, you know, there's so many times that you feel alone. There's nobody that you can turn to. You don't want to be too vulnerable, you know, um, among your team. They have to believe that you know you can do this, not that you think you can do this, but they have to believe that you know you can do this. And, you know, I, I decided right from the start, you know, I, I was going all in. Um, I know a lot of people feel like it's really important with with planning to have your plan B, to have that way out. Um, I felt like this was kind of a, a last ditch effort for me to make my life better. And I committed to it 100%. And it was that little decision at the very beginning that I had to keep coming back to. And that means that I spent, I borrowed money from the bank to buy the supplies for the house. And I spent every penny I could borrow on buying the supplies. And that meant I couldn't borrow money to buy a little house somewhere that we could fix up later. I couldn't change my mind. I couldn't change my mind and hire people to put it together. There's no money. So I committed right at the start. There's nothing that is going to stop me. And um, I think that when you take on something that big and go all in, you have to know that this is not a, a sustainable lifestyle. I can't finish this house and then start another one. Like if you're going all that all in on that big of a goal, like it is going to be brutal. But when you have a deadline and you know that once I hit that deadline, I can catch my breath um, and I will have achieved something fantastic. It was that sort of a, a, you know, a loop that I would get myself in. Okay. I'm all in. And if I just can keep going until this point, then, you know, then I've got it and we will have this fantastic thing. And not just a fantastic thing as in a house, but that my kids who had been beaten down for a decade by domestic violence, by a stalker who had this, this decade of fear and loss of control will have for the first time in their life been able to take control and physically make their lives better. And the level of confidence I knew that that would give them for the rest of their lives. I mean, there's nothing that can motivate you more than that to see your kids out there. And the kids weren't very old, 17, 15, 11, and two. So I had a toddler out here building a house. Um, you know, so you come out here every day and see the dedication that they're showing because they believe you believe and they've bought into this goal. You know, that's the way that as a, a leader, your team can keep you going if you've told them the goal and if you've given them the vision that is so they can see it just as strongly as you can, then your team is, they're motivating you right back. Oh my God. Um, well, I'm, this is like near tears, like moment when I just see your, your kids just like doing this and you're doing this together. And, um, yeah. Oh my gosh. And, and what I, what comes up for me is, um, that you're, you're using YouTube to learn this and, and do something that you have not like never done before, obviously. And there must have been a hundred. I, I would, I would make up in my head that you've hit a hundred different times where, uh, how do I even, put that wood to that wall, to that angle, to make that thing happen. Um, how, how, <laughs> well, how do know, you do that? I, and, like uh, yes, I told my wife, right. when we got married, I said, 
um, let me go get my toolbox and I would pull out my wallet. And... <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I, I have to use that somewhere. I love that. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's not how it went for us. Yeah, of course, it was YouTube and it was YouTube at the end of 2007, early 2008. So early, early YouTube. That means nobody had a smartphone. I had a BlackBerry that didn't have a camera on it. Uh, YouTube, there was no such thing as a YouTuber. Uh, this was grainy videos of hands doing a thing. Sometimes there was audio. Uh, so this was watching, you know, a dozen videos, how to set a concrete foundation block. And then going out to the construction site with little post-it notes that we'd made notes on and asking the kids, okay, so how do you remember that they did that? And us trying it and failing, scraping the mortar off, trying it again. And, you know, going again and again, framing a window the same way. I'm going to cut the wood. This is how I remember it. And my 11-year-old daughter saying, no, I don't think that's how he did that corner. I think he did the corner this way. And she'd lay the wood out. And I'd be like, okay, well, the 11-year-old watched the same video I did. She knows everything about building a house that I do. Let's try that. Um, you know, I was a 110-pound computer programmer. So this was really far outside of my skill set. But it wasn't outside of my mindset because I had this mindset in, you know, I think anybody who works in computers knows, like you just start clicking buttons, right? And you're trying to figure it out. And I knew how to learn computer languages fast. And that was all about just just fearlessly going in and trying some things. I mean, what's the worst that can happen in, you know, you're going to have to rewrite the code or in this case on the construction site, you know, we had a reciprocating saw and I use that thing a lot. Let me cut through this wood, you know, cut, cut something apart, reciprocating saw can cut through metal. So we could cut through the nails, take that wood apart and start over. And a, a huge part of that was just learning to not take ourselves so seriously. You know, that if I was going to go into the hardware store and tell the, the guys there, Hey, I'm about to run my own gas lines in the 3,500 square foot house I'm building myself. Can you help me figure out what I need to buy? And to be able to laugh with them over how ridiculous it was that I am sitting in the hardware store laying pipes out on the ground trying to figure out, you know, how all of these things fit together. Um, so it was, it was a big part of that, just stepping back and saying, I don't care what this looks like to other people. Um, I am going to step in here and do this over and over and over again until I fix it, until I get it right. Oh my gosh. What was, what, in the moment when you just said, I'm going to do this until I get it right. Um, there must have been, a, was there a moment where you just said, ah, I can't do this. Did that ever go through your head? I, I, there, there wasn't possibly a single day out here where that didn't go through my head. I mean, it, you know, it's nice to look at it in retrospect and say, oh, you know, we built this house in nine months and, you know, it's a great success. But every single day, I thought there's a really high probability we're going to fail. And I can't let the kids know that. I had a nine-month construction loan. So I didn't just have to build a house. I had to build it in nine months. I'm writing computer code full-time, eight hours a day. I'm going into an office and writing code. My kids are going to school. So I'm working 20 hours a day, you know, and brutal work on this construction site. And day after day, I'm looking into those kids' eyes and I'm seeing the hope and I'm seeing them talk about you know, the curtains, they're going to hang in their room. And, and I'm looking at them wondering, am I setting them up for the biggest failure of their lives? Am I setting them up? 
Um, so without a doubt, you know, we all experienced doubt, no matter how confidently we leap into something. You know, obviously, when I first started, I thought, oh, we've got this, no problem. Until the first day on the site, you know, that first shovel of mud that was frozen over and I had to figure out how to lay the block. From that moment on, I doubted it until we finished. And you just have to keep put, you just have to keep building yourself back up. You can have those moments of doubt, but you can't stay in them. You know, I couldn't, I couldn't sit here all day and worry. It was like, okay, there's that moment of doubt. So I'm going to work 10 times harder. Um, to banish that, to prove I can do it. So I looked at those moments of doubt as a challenge. It's a personal challenge. Mm. Well, obviously, you you left a lot of um, trauma and um, and and things before that, and that helped as a driving force. You then went on to create a home that served as this wonderful base that created not only the home for your family and lessons and then leadership, but now um, then moving forward, the the home is built, um, you finished it and you're looking at yourself and what, what was that one moment like when you walked through the front door and you just, you just felt, what did you, what, what did you feel? Oh, there's no one thing we felt. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, first of all, we all felt, can we please keep these muscles for the rest of our lives? Because we were ripped. (laughs) (laughs) And no, you can't, by the way, unless you continue working that hard, you cannot keep all those impressive muscles. Um, but you know, of course there is the, the relief. There's the shelter and safety that we built and there's the confidence that we built. So you're feeling all of those things. But, you know, to be perfectly honest, you're also feeling like, was it worth it? Because you're really starting to see as life returns to normal, um, you're starting to see the true sacrifice that not just you made, but that your kids made, that your kids gave up a year of, I mean, they didn't have dates, they didn't go to movies, they didn't go to sleepovers, they didn't practice basketball or make the team. So there's things in their childhood that they will never have back. And was it worth it. And I didn't know that the day I walked in because so much of it still felt physical. You haven't seen the full impact of how your emotion and your decisions will change going forward. So I knew the house was worth it. You know, our house, we spent $130,000 in loans on it and it appraised for four twenty five dollars when we finished. So the, the physical house was worth it. Um, But there was this moment, and we'd actually lived in the house about six months. I was working on a new book that I had under contract, and I heard my kids in the other room, um, Drew and Jada. And it was my oldest son and and my youngest daughter. And Jada wanted to try out for the basketball team, and she's going through a bunch of like mean girl stuff, middle school. And she kept saying, I can't, there's no way I can do this. I don't know how. And Drew's like giving her this pep talk. And I was so proud to hear him, you know, giving her this little talk. And, and she just kept coming back at him. And then all of a sudden he like yells in this booming voice. And he says, Jada, you built your own damn house. You can do anything. And that was it. You like in that moment, you know, this is it forever. Like it's like this touch point that they're always going to come back to. That if I could do that, then then I can do whatever. Whatever I want to do, I can do. And I can do it fearlessly. So that was the moment for me. What a gift. 
Oh, truly. Yeah. And I can remind them of it too. You know, there are times, um, just, just a short time later, Drew was about to go off to college and he wanted to go, he had an opportunity to go to Fairbanks, Alaska and go to Fairbanks university for a while. And he was going to back out at the last minute. Like his bags are packed and we've got the ticket. And he's like, I, I'm not going to go. He's like, I'm just, I feel like I'm going to get up there and, and I'm not going to like it. And you know, it's cold. (laughs) And I said, okay, well let's, and we did this the whole time we were building this house. I would say, what's your worst case scenario? And he's, you know, I get up there and I I don't like it. I'm going to have to leave. I'm going to have to come home. And I'm like, well, 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 okay. And that's what we do. I think so often, like we, fail to look through the entire risk of what we're taking. We overinflate this risk. The true risk was he's going to have to come home and live at home and go to college. And I was like, son, where do you live now? It's like at home. It's like, so you're already living your worst case scenario. Anything you do from here is a step up. Go to Alaska. So we got him on the plane. And it was always that coming back to what's, you know, what is that? Really think through what's that worst case scenario. You already know that you can do really hard things. This is just another hard thing. Can't lose anything by trying. Such a great lesson. Um, and for any, anyone and everyone who's listening, uh, this is such a great lesson for everybody to know that and do that exercise. That that applies so well to wherever you're at in life and, and just create from wherever you are and think, think about that. Um, and I, I could sit here and just really do this with you all day because it's just so fascinating to see this all come together for you. But I, I do want to, um, close this out just with what's, what, what's, what's next for you and where are you, where are you at and what's coming? Um, what can we expect? Like, uh, do you have a second, third, fourth, fifth home in the pro, in the process? And, <laughs> and can we all see it on YouTube as well? Oh, it's really important to say I never wanted to be a house builder. Just this one, I think, is all I had in me until my boys are always like, when we build my house. And I'm like, oh, no, I have to show up for that. And <laughs> about fair play in this whole house building game. Um, but no, next for me, there there will be more books, uh, most likely fiction, but I have a nonfiction one too. And um, right now I'm starting a new podcast that's about to come out. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. It's just the Kara Brookins show. It's my first solo podcast. And um, I have a course called Build Something that's just about starting and finishing projects. You know, going into things, it's no matter what kind of project you're doing, it's the same kind of negative mindsets that hold us back from, you know, procrastination, especially keeping motivation up. And just that, that spot that we all start in where we feel stuck and aren't sure how to take the first step. So uh, that's a course that just kind of gets you started moving all the way to finishing a project. So uh, those are the things I've been working on and of course still speaking and have have worked a little bit with a possible TV show after, you know, we're all back up and out of our houses again after COVID. That's wonderful. So, and everybody can find that on your website, Uh, all everything that you just said. Mm -hmm. Great. So we'll link to that in the show notes as well. What wonderful. Well, thank thank you. Kara, so much for being here and for just sharing your time with everyone. And I really appreciate it. I appreciate what you're doing and how you show up in the world and the leadership and 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 just stories and and showing of yourself. So thank you so, so much. Well, thank you. You made this fun and keep getting people to take those little steps that make a big difference. Yeah, it sure does. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Brian. 
Thank you so much for joining us this week. If you love this episode, please subscribe. We love having subscribers just like you. Download a few more episodes. And if you feel moved, we would so appreciate a review. I'd love to also hear your key takeaway. What impacted you from this episode? You can tweet me your answer and reach out on Twitter at Brian Kramer. That's Brian with a Y, Kramer with a K. And definitely be sure to join us in our Facebook group. We have just under 3,000 humans just like you and me looking to connect even more imperfectly. Until next time.